Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome back to the Text Lab. My name is Jake. I'm here with my friend Gary. Say what's up, Gary. What's up, people? How's it going? <laughs> Gary had a long drive here. He came from Elk Grove. So we are going to jump in, but we're excited to have him. He uh, He's from Sacramento. Anything you want to say about yourself here, Gary? Help the people know who you are. I am a beginning retired comedian. Oh. I'm beginning, and I retire like every day. And from that, <laughs> we're going to jump into the text <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Hey, welcome back. If you're new here, this is the text lab. It's for our listeners who don't know. Uh, every single week, we're going to do a deep dive into the text uh, to help you prepare for your life group. Uh, there's going to be jokes mixed in here from, from our comedian, but our goal is really simple. It's to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or you're just trying to do some deep diving, we hope you'll find the text lab uh, creates a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said in his word. And Gary, you mind taking us through Romans 6, 1 to 14? Yeah, let's read the text a bit. Paul starts out by saying, verse 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death and were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. If we have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but pre present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is, this is a good amount of text. And what we're kind of focusing on here is going to be the last three verses, which is 12, 13, and 14. Because last week we were sitting in, uh, I think it was 1 through 12. And so now we're sitting 12 to 14. But it's good to get that full, full uh, chapter in there, or I guess half this chapter uh, in there. So the first place we're going to jump in is we're going to just talk about their town, just get some context for a second. So as, uh, as Gary was talking about, this is Paul writing to Rome. He's never been to Rome. Um, this has been about 50 15 years since Paul's conversion um, on the road to Damascus. And so people have probably heard of him while he has not actually been uh, to Rome yet. He's writing from the church of Corinth. Uh, he's writing to Christians who may or may not be enslaved and a small amount of Christians as well living in Rome. Rome has about a million people living in it right now. And like I said before, there are quite a few different 
types of people living here as well. So Paul has written 13 epistles. He's born in Tarsus. Uh, he was present at the stoning of Stephen. Um, and he's probably writing this around AD 56. Um, and from there, I'd love to jump into the author's intent, like maybe what Paul is trying to get at. Uh, Gary, you want to take us there? Yeah, what we, what we see here is um, Adam, Adam and Jake talked about the idea of being dead to sin and the gratitude that this truth produces in our lives. Romans flows uh, like this. All are without excuse. All are guilty. The law cannot save us, but it reveals our need for a savior. That Savior we all know is Jesus. Um, now we are justified by his death, right, as another point, uh, sharing in his death and his life. So now that that is true, we are dead to sin and alive to Christ. Um, how we think about sin and our relationship with it matters. We are to count ourselves dead. Sin has no more power or dominion over us. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I don't do this anymore, pertaining to sin. Why? Because we're dead to that. Mm -hmm. This all emphasizes a radical perspective and identity shift. Yeah, it's so good. And especially like looking at the Romans entire flow of the book, right? Like that's what we're trying to get at here is we're trying to say like from the beginning until now, Paul has been building this uh, cumulative argument for the people, for the, for the listeners, for the audience and for us as well. And so we see this flow of like all are guilty. Uh, and then it comes to the, the gospel and now it's like, he's, he's, um, kind of diving into the implications of what it means to love Jesus, what it means to mm -hmm. die to sin. And that's where we're going to kind of be sitting here as we jump into the gospel implications is like, what does it actually mean, man, to, to die to sin, to count ourselves dead to sin? It's this beautiful mystery of God. Um, somehow Jesus taking on our life, our sin, carrying that, putting that on his shoulders as a sacrificial lamb and crucifying our sin, crucifying our shame and our guilt, allowing us to be grafted into his death and his righteous living. And it, it blows our minds that we get to read some of this, some of these things. And one of the places I've been sitting in is just awe. Because I don't get it, Gary. I don't understand it fully. You know, like we try and understand, we read the commentaries, we read the scripture and we pray and we, we, we try and see deeper into this. But part of it is just how beautiful this miracle is of what Christ has done upon the cross. Mm -hmm. And it leads to worship. It leads to ascribing worth. Yeah. And so what we do from here is we dive into some gospel implications. The questions we're, we're asking here is, what does this tell us about who God is? How does this point to Christ? And this is all focused on Christ. This is some beautiful, um, these are beautiful lines and beautiful words from Paul that we're finally getting at after a long Romans 1, 2, and 3 of, of getting hit over the head with our sin. And so from here, uh, we start to see more of of. God giving of him imparting righteousness to us freely. And the thing that I was noticing from this text is understanding what God's will for us actually is. So, so often in my early years, and I'm still in my early years of Christianity, of my walk with Christ, we forever will be. But yeah. I was so confused about like, well, what is God's will? I, I'm praying, okay, what God, whatever your will is, will it be done? I'm like, well, well, what is it? What is his will? And his will is clearly seen when we see what he is willing to pay for us. He's, um, his will is freedom. His will is newness of life, thanksgiving, returning to the way we were designed to live in the garden. And that results in a dependency on us. Um, and I, I started to see his will when I understood how much he actually paid for that. 
And that's part of uh, I'm, part of what we're trying to do here with this text lab also is to just give you guys some some theological nuggets that you can take mm-hmm. into group that you can almost like feed your people with yeah. to give you guys some things to hold on to and equip you so that you can give this to your people. Um, but the thing that I want to emphasize here is I sit here on a Monday and I, I prep the, the text lab, right? I sit here and I write out this script and really I'm encouraging you guys to do the same thing. Take the time before you get into your group, sit there and say, what is this text actually doing for me? How is this text affecting me right now as I sit here and bring that into your, into your space? Because, um, the deeper we go on our own, the deeper we can take our people. And that's initially all, all we're trying to do, Gary and I today, is just give them some nuggets and go deeper on our own so that you guys can have that uh, equipped as you walk into study. Um, so from here, I was seeing God's will. And then from there, I went into uh, the sermon on Sunday with Daisy, And he had some beautiful uh, misconceptions that he was talking about that, that Christians have. He said, um, uh, one of the misconceptions was, I must not be dead to this sin if I just keep doing it. And I know I felt that way. The second one is I must, I must clean myself. I got to do something to make myself right before God when I sin. And, and part of that is true. Part of that is like, we need to repent and we need to turn from that. But the gospel is that no, Christ died once for all. You are, there's a foundation. There's a positional shift in your identity. Your identity is now completely new. And one act has finished it a long time ago. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God, because if there was, then we would lose that so quickly. Um, And the tricky part is like, yes, we're saints who are struggling with sin, but struggling, I think, Gary, is like the right word to say for that, because we have, we're struggling from a place of victory. We're continuously putting our our sin to death because uh, we've shared in the death that Christ already has. And so from here, is there, is there anything that this text has really been doing for you this week, Gary, with, with Romans, with understanding where you're at in your life, anything here? Yeah. Um, the main factor is that, that has really penetrated my heart is that I'm a legitimate son Hmm. and, and that seeing that I am a son, the Bible talks about how I am born of his spirit and I'm born of his word. And now that I have taken on the nature of my father and the newness of life, and, and now the issue here is what I've come out of versus what I need to grow into. Mm. And that is what we call the, the process of sanctification, right? It's that I'm renewing my mind so that I think, my, I think the thoughts that he thinks towards me and not the thoughts that... I once had, right? And I see myself from his perspective through mm-hmm. the lens of Jesus mm-hmm. because he loves us. And and to know that he loves me is greater than any treasure in the world. Mm-hmm. So even you mentioned wrestle and there is a place for wrestling, but the beauty of, of what we're discussing here in this text is that there's a joy in putting this off. Mm-hmm. There's a gladness and excitement of dying. Why? So that his life is manifested in and through me. And I get to experience that on a daily. Yeah, it's so good. And I love how you're pointing out kind of how it almost starts in our thought life. I mean, it starts with the Holy Spirit, but a lot of our sanctification and and how we view Christ and how we view these different things is through that verse of taking captive our thoughts and saying, no, actually, I'm going to view myself the way that Jesus does. And he loves me. And that's the truth I'm going to cling to. I know for me, it's like, 
looking at my sin or looking at sanctification, like, oh, why can't I just be there? Why can't I just be there? And it's a comparison game. But as soon as I start shifting and almost looking granularly at my day-to-day, at my moment-to-moment, just practicing to be present with God, practicing to know my identity, practicing to, um, to understand and acknowledge my dependency on him, rather than uh, compare it to the long term, compare it to where I should be. There's no should, but compare it to where I should be. Uh, Instead, I'm trying to say, okay, I know my identity. I know who I am in Christ. I'm just going to cling to that because it's not about me anyways. It's not like my sanctification and there's no glory for me to be had in this. I'm trying to just cling to to him and the identity that, that he has for me. And from there, the joy is real. From there, the joy is awesome in, in putting off your old self and having that humility to say, no, I'm dead with Christ. To live is Christ, to die is gain now. And so from here, we jump into some good stuff. This is the space um, where we talk about what does this look like in our city and in our daily lives? Uh, it's a space where we, we can kind of apply it to our life groups. And this is my favorite part of sitting in a life group with, with a bunch of guys. My life group is on Thursday nights. We usually just play games and, and hot tub together, which is just a blast, especially with the rain, as I talked about last week. But um, it's a good space for us to have accountability, for us to love each other and serve each other and call each other out gr- with grace and with truth. Uh, and so for this text, Gary, is there anything that's sticking out to you that you could see would be helpful for life group leaders uh, jumping into to group this week? By all means, die. Mm. Die. Die so that others can live. Be the first to check on those in your life group. It all starts with you. It doesn't start with anybody else. Um, one of the great philosophies is that it took, it takes God, one person to change a world. Mm. And one is the majority with God. And so just remember that he is with you and that as a leader, you are the lead servant mm. because he has entrusted to you his very own treasure in which he died for. And that is such an honor and privilege. Yeah, that's so good. And how joy is the deep of serving. How joy is, mm-hmm. it's so deep of, of washing, washing someone else's feet. Mm-hmm. I love that image of, of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Um, yeah, I'd encourage you, your people are going to see that and they, they need that as well. You get to be this amazing, beautiful, and broken vessel of God's grace flowing through you to your people this week. I love that word, Gary. Thank you for that. I think for me this week, I'm trying to just remind myself daily of this identity because it's so easy for me to get um, uh, just lost in the tasks, lost in the things I need to do or should be doing. Should is a big word in my life right now. Uh, saying yes to things that I just shouldn't say yes to. Um, and clinging on instead to the identity that, that God has given me. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that you use the word clinging because here's the reality, um, beloved. Everything is lying to you. Everything is lying to you. Mm. And here God is through the consistency of his word saying, I'm here. This is who you are. You're not that commercial. You're not that fashion. You're not this stereotype, right? You're not this demographic in an age group. Mm-hmm. You are exactly who I orchestrated and caused you to be, right? Um, so I appreciate the fact that you used the language you did. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I love the words. That you're, you're just encouraging me now. It's great. Um, thank you so much for your encouragement. From there, um, I'd love to end this podcast with some practical questions that we can we can hope and pray that your group would engage with well this week. Um, from here, we're going to be jumping into the first question. I'll read it for us. It is this. Uh, what sin needs to be put to death in your life by the grace of God? Um, I think... This can be a tricky question with yet to believe people in the room for sure. Uh, it can rub people the wrong way if they aren't quite there um, yet. But we know that the word of God never returns void. And also you guys have the um, discernment. You have the discernment to know what should be asked and what shouldn't be asked. But for those for my life group in particular, I know this is a great one to start with. The next one is why is it so hard for us as mankind to know that Christ died once for all and that it is completely finished in regards to our righteousness from God. Just, just simple answer, childlike faith. Mm. A child just believes. Adults, on the other hand, are difficult. (laughs) (laughs) But children, and he said, unless you become like a child. Yeah. So be a child this week and do something silly. Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously. It's really good. And the final question we're going to ask is what are some misconceptions concerning sin and your relationship to it that you have believed? And it's a good place to start to say, what, what have I believed about myself? What have I believed about sin? Because so much can be changed there as we compare it to the word of God, as we compare it to the ultimate, the ultimate truth. So I want to give a shout out as we end to Zach Surface. Thank you so much for editing. Thank you for your mustache and all that you do. Uh, And whether you guys are working out at the gym, you're cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, uh, driving in your car or driving here from Elk Grove, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped and encouraged and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. As always, do your own prep. You know, let the spirit lead you and know without a shadow of a doubt that you are one who is sent by the God of the universe this week. You're sent to your family, your schools, your work, your coffee shops, to the gym, to the soccer practice, to the, the you know, difficult, dark places. Wherever you pray, watch community might be and wherever God invites you to go where you are sent to be the living proof of our loving God. Yeah, we love you all. We're praying for you this week as you step into life groups. And we will catch you next time on the Text Lab.